Welcome back to Sound and Scene. I'm Raymond Petrolio. This week we learned that an old friend of the show, series television aficionado Mickey Torusco, passed away at the age of 103. Mickey and I had many discussions about his years producing shows like Jersey Patrol and The Magnetic Cat. Mickey dated my Aunt Teresa before she went into the convent, so he was always around when I was a kid, and I was lucky enough to convince him years later to come on the show when I was still broadcasting from the penitent bread factory boiler room, and a lot of times after that. I thought it would be appropriate as a remembrance to present today this interview from all the way back in 1997, when I was across the river for the East Orange Retrospective and Television Awards at the Municipal Water Treatment Center. Mickey, who many knew as the man of 10,000 stories, didn't disappoint. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back. Small correction to offer here from our uh, last piece. Uh, Randall Peters was actually female, and he, or rather she, was never charged with homicide, and she lived in New Mexico, not France. So sorry about all that. You know, Surrounded here by the, the, the posters and the paraphernalia here on the floor and, the, and all the TV industry folks walking around here in East Orange, it's easy to imagine the energy on some of these great productions of the past. And uh, I have to say, who better to sit down with than a friend of our show, Mickey Tobusco? Hey, uh, what the hell do I do with this? You can just uh, let that drop down beside you. There. Drop down beside me. Okay, we're dropping it down beside me. Step on that. Okay. So, Mickey Tarusco, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Hey, I'm proud of you, Wizzy. I mean, look at this. you uh, right outside here with the media. With the... Appreciate that, Mickey. I, uh, I told your mother, lay off that kid or he's gonna freaking croak before he disappoints you, you know? She... Well, you're here at the East Orange Retrospective to pick up a lifetime achievement in series television drama. Yeah, yeah, I guess they got me mixed up with somebody important. Buddy. Well, you're too modest for this. Uh, this is uh, for the magnetic... Oh, the magnetic cat. Yeah, Christ, what else? Yeah, you know, you think I just made only that show for the last 40 freaking years. You know, millions of fans love that show. I, I love this show. I loved it the first seven trillion times, but well, since what was it, 1983 or 84? When it came back in syndication. When it came back and you know out of the grave, reached out of the grave, you know they they go on and on about it. You know, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I made a small fortune, but you know, it made me want to press my old cult to the temple and take the holy turnpike north. You know what I mean? Well, you'll be. Uh... We'll be relieved to know that we will not be talking about Magnetic Cat today. Good, because I ain't got enough hooch squirreled away to get through that and the awards ceremony. You ended up with your first job in TV serving tables at an award show, didn't you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, Radio Escalator Awards, yeah, I was 19. And uh, Lou Zola, who pushed money around for Ascent Studios, was at the table near the kitchen where we come out. I was bringing a basket of breadsticks out of there, and he was turning to pitch his buckets, and I wound up in a coat I didn't buy. Uh, he vomited on you. All, all over. It was, it was horrible. But you know, it was done so completely. You know, I was absolutely covered, front and back, 
head to toe. I mean, the man was an artist in his own way. And it was Zola that gave you a job? Um, his, his wife, he... Out of sympathy? Uh, not quite, no. Uh, he, he had a cocaine habit that would have paid the light bill for Perth Amboy. She dumped a fistful of that crap all over my shoes when she pulled out a hanky to hand on me. I see. And the, and the look she gave me, like she just shot the naked version of me with a, with a spear gun. Turns out later, she comes around the back of the satin fringe. The uh, nightclub where they had the awards. Yeah. The bank patrolman held the radio escalades there for about a decade. And uh, I was back in the loading dock <clears throat> during, uh, you know, nursing a, a, a Paps Blue Ribbon while they were hosing me down. And she came around and gave me uh, a note to meet her up at the studio. And then about a week later, it got on as a page there. Some way to get in the TV, huh? Well, like I told your mother, uh, when she was alive, if I'd have known that information ahead, I would have spent all my time looking for someone to throw up on me from when I can walk. You wound up at Ascent Studios. Yeah, uh, as a page, as I, as I mentioned, I'm more of a gopher at the, at the studio, which was in Bel Air, of all places. And, you know, they sent the laundry all the way to Bakersfield. I never figured that out. I mean, discount laundry was not worth losing the use of a pair of slacks for 10 days. How did you end up on the tall trees? Yeah, as a uh, production assistant, yeah, I, they had a guy, they had a guy, well, Henry Woodrow, went by Hank, but he dropped dead. Wow, how did that happen? Well, that's the funny thing, you know, you know how you talk to people and they talk about somebody just dropping dead? Sure. I actually saw this guy, Hank Woodrow, drop dead. I remember, I, I was really irritated because I couldn't see the soundstage. And I was always looking for Art Shipman, who ran the, the catering for the cast, to lift his, uh, lift his arm, because that was my signal. If the bastard needed to take a deeper breath of air, he'd think of me first, you know? I'd only called your name after you pissed him off by missing the arm. And I remember distinctly thinking the words, I can't see Art's goddamn arm for you stupid ass. And then the man, you know, Hank, dropped dead right in front of me. He just dropped like an antelope who caught a shaft in the neck. Did you get the job because you were standing behind him? No. That was uh, Phil Garantino, the assistant director. <clears throat> so I go running back to get a dust cover, whatever I can find to drape over Hank, while we wait on the, on the horizontal taxi to get there. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going everywhere. I'm busting through the doors. And I busted the doors of one of these utility rooms. And I found, <clears throat> I found Phil with the, with the bagel guy, uh, Morris or Mop. No, it was Morris. Nice guy. Great onion bagels. Uh, anyway, he and Phil are doing the scene from Shakespeare they can't show on TV. And needless to say, my coming in watered the daisies wrong. So Morris pretends to have a hernia, and Phil, you know, springs up and starts helping me look for a Casper costume for Hank. Later, you know, we're all in there with, after the coroner left Dodge, and, and they didn't know what the hell to do. And I see uh, Phil whisper to Billy Walls. Billy Walls, the producer. Yeah, yeah, and before I know it, I was running directions to Frankie Joyce. The lead. Fra you know, I mean, the lead guy. I mean, I always had to go to the bathroom, Frankie. A young guy, but had a bladder like Pamplona. I didn't know, I, I didn't know at the time I was a production assistant. I, I, I was just glad not to have to constantly know where Arthur Fart, you know, had his forearm. You ended up producing The Tall Trees. For the last, uh, for the last three years. Jenny Haldeman was on that show, too. The uh, dispatcher from Jersey Patrol. Yep. 
years later, uh, Jenny was a doll. Her husband, Gary, ended up in Oregon State Pen or something when he lit up a Conoco. That guy was a jockstrap short of a gymnasium. But Jersey Patrol is in itself a classic. I mean, how could you forget that tagline? God Sealed our fate to protect and serve the Garden God's State. State. Best seven years of my life. Well, I got my a treat life. for you, I hope. Jenny's mm, dead, so whoever you got sold you a bill of goods. Do you remember goods. the pilot you came back with in 68? Mm. Oh, 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 uh, you, oh, you're kidding me. Uh, Spain Patrol. There's nothing left of that. Lana Ports. Stan Ports, kid, yeah. Lana Ports yeah. found a reel with the intro on it in a barn in Bakersfield. No surprise. Where the hell else would they have found the Bakersfield? Maybe I'll get my socks back now. And Spain Patrol had one of the more unique premises mm. I've ever read. Mm. You know, well, Rizzy, you know, you gotta remember the time period preceding this. I mean, the finale of The Fugitive did well the August before, and Stan Ports, everybody called him Chairman Mao, was scared shitless that they were gonna figure out a way to extend it, you know? Not sure how the hell that was gonna work, but it sent... It sent studios. They would've greenlit a paper route at that point to get a series on one of the big three. The Jersey Patrol had been off the air around two years at that point. And I had finished up Magnetic Cat with Fantasy Studios. So they figured I could come up with something, you know, to appeal. And it's to about a group of patrolmen. And the police dispatcher. I mean, you always had to have a woman. Yeah. And the, and the woman couldn't be a cop. Oh, yeah. You're busting my balls on this again. I, I hope not. I, I, I could write wives, waitresses, nurses, or dispatchers. I couldn't make her the Pope. I mean, they, they bought what they bought, and Sam was on contract. Samantha Lapierre. You know, she had a five-octave range. Sang with three different roles with a musical version of Witness for the Prosecution a couple of years before that. Her husband, Pete, was a flake, though. He ended up selling tambourines out of a Buick Riviera in Burbank. I think what I love about the show intro is that it actually lays the whole thing mm. out for you. A lot of them did in those days, you know. You explain things to people, not like today. And the, and the plot, I'll be honest with you, wasn't the straightest line I ever drew. So, you know, it needed some help. Well, a real treat here. Let's play this trailer. Do, <clears throat> do I have to put the other headphones on here, or what would I do? No, you're good. Oh, you can watch the clip on the monitor there, too. Almost 30 years since they shit canned this. I thought I, I thought it was a lock. I'd have to take the big dirt nap before I'd see this again. Well, let's listen to the intro lost until about three months ago to Spain Patrol. Okay. Oh, boy. Over the fields and meadows and farm to market roads connecting the heartland, the proud officers and staff of the Newberry, Wisconsin Highway Patrol swore to serve and protect and uphold the laws of America's Dairyland. In recognition of your efforts, we award the Newberry Highway Patrol an all-expense-paid trip to Caledonia. As the team enjoys their well-deserved first night in Barcelona, an old enemy plans his final act of vengeance. See if you can see straight after you eat these brownies. 
when the team awakens in the endless Pyrenees wilderness, ravaged by psychedelic flashbacks, they realize the only thing they can do is carve out their own law and order in an unforgiving landscape. They must become... Spain Patrol! In Color! Starring Buck Winters, Stuart Antoine, Samantha LaPierre, and Mark Updike as La Sagrada. Tonight's episode, Armageddon Salad. Get back, Jane! Mickey, great to have you on again, and uh, congratulations on you. Uh, for the goddamn cat show, yep. This is the life I lead. Good to see you, kid. See you. Folks, thanks for joining us for our listen back today. I'd like to thank today's sponsor, Infinite Valley Waxing. At Infinite Valley, all wax technicians are salaried and accompanied by pianists at no extra charge. Jazz, jazz fusion, and blues piano on request. Group discounts on hold at the Union City locations while state subpoenas are being challenged in appellate court. Thank you to all of our listeners, as always, and we'll see you next show.